Well, hello, everyone. It's great to be with you again to share the Word of God. It's always an exciting thing for me, and uh, it's great to have you with us. Um, well, let's start by praying over our offering. We thank God for the people here at Grace and Peace, because when they give, they give unto the Lord, not unto men. And mortal men just receive our tithes and offerings for the sake of the gospel. But our faith goes to the Lord, and that's a direct connection that you have with Him, whether you give electronically, mail it in, physically come to the church and drop it off. Uh, it's your faith towards the Lord that is released, declaring that Jesus is Lord over our finances. Not my job, not my wits, not my ability, my education, those I know. It's the Lord that is my provider. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you today as we sow our finances, Lord, into the kingdom. It will go far. It is holy. You make it holy, Father. Our faith is in you, Lord God, that, Lord, you would take care of all my brothers and sisters in Christ that are giving now, Lord, that your uh, blessings would be on, on them financially, Father God, as they put your kingdom first in their giving. We thank you for them, Lord, and we rejoice in the body of Christ advancing. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we are in a series uh, on thinking uh, like a Christian. We began this last week, uh, and uh, I spoke on biblical worldview last week. I had the honor to speak, and uh, how I view the world around me, and um, that my worldview needs to dominate my thinking. So what kind of worldview will I have? And we talked about a biblical Christian worldview is really what we're always after. So today is very foundational to go on about the topic of worldview in a little different vein, and it's the need to develop our own personal doctrine. Um, and that is what I want to share on today, developing personal doctrine. Actually, our worldview comes from the doctrine we already hold. Uh, so we get our doctrine from the Word of God that is very dear to us, and then we view the world by it. So doctrine is an extremely important issue. Let's do a little background here first. Uh, why do we study our Bibles? Notice I didn't say read. Why do we study our Bibles? In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, this is out of the King James, a study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Um, we are to be workmen with the word of God. As a workman uh, has to have tools to work with, we have to have tools uh, in our uh, understanding, in our uh, relationship with Father God, and that's the Word of God. Holy Spirit is our teacher. He fellowships with us when we're in the Word of God. And uh, we're to, I like the King James here, rightly divide the Word of Truth. We need to know where it's divided up, how it's uh, understood in its sections. It's 66 separate books. The Bible is, comes from the Greek word tabablia, which means the books. So we have 66 separate books, 66 separate themes. Yet they're themes of Old Testament, New Testament, etc. And we need to rightly, correctly divide the Word of God. That little tiny part of your Bible, I didn't bring one with me, uh, from the book of uh, Romans to the book of Jude, if you hold that little tiny section up, that explains your entire Bible. That's where you live as a believer. We don't live in the book of Ezekiel. I know some people out there do, and they're odd, and you know they're odd. We don't live in the book of Ezekiel. We live in the New Testament that explains the entire Bible for us. So what am I saying here? Rightly dividing the word of truth into its proper understanding. 
Uh, we are to do that as workmen and that we will not be ashamed if we do that. We'll be very pleasing to the Lord. In the New American Standard Translation, it says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a worker who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. So we want to accurately handle this. So to be a disciple of Jesus means more than just being a Bible reader. It has to be. To be a, uh, to be a Bible student is a lifetime pursuit because a disciple is a learned, disciplined one. Certainly that doesn't speak of reading a Bible, but studying it to make it part of your life. It's the guide for my life. Uh, so the foundation of Scripture is why our Bible school exists. This particular foundation scripture here in 2 Timothy 2.15. Now in the New Testament, we see believers doing exactly this. In the book of Acts, chapter 17, verses 10 and 11, very important verse. Um, the brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. Now these people were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. Ha! Notice here in the book of Acts, the writer Luke tells us that these believers are noble-minded. In other words, they weren't dummies. They weren't lazy. They didn't believe anything they just heard. They wanted to check for themselves if it was right. They did something with the word of God. They searched it. They examined it, which speaks of critical thinking. Uh, you don't, you know, become a believer and check out your brains. You use them as a servant, a tool to uh, enhance your walk with the Lord in studying the Word of God. So they were looking to be convinced within them that what they saw was true and heard was true. Uh, that's cool. That's mega cool. They uh, did something with what the apostles said. They checked out the Old Testament scriptures that they had. So should we. Um, and you're filling the blanks there. Now you have that little handout, if you, I believe you can download it uh, uh, from the, our uh, website, graceandpeace.org. And um, the first one here for the fill in the blank is, we need to know why we believe what we believe. Too many people can tell you what they believe, but they can't tell you why. You need to know why. You need to personally be convinced why. Because only that's going to keep you in the days of trouble. You need to know why you believe in the days of temptation. Why do I believe what I believe? Because we make decisions out of convictions and of what we believe deep inside of us. We should be all be uh, students um, of the Word of God, lifetime students. So what do we do with the Word of God when we study it? We're in a lifetime pursuit of developing personal doctrine. From this personal doctrine, we develop and we use it as a guide to think by and to develop our worldview by. So when we say I develop my, I see my world through the word of God, we're really saying I see myself through the word of God by the doctrine I live by. So did you ever consider uh, we as part of a church, when you're uh, listening to the word of God being uh, taught or preached, it's the, for the purpose of pursuing doctrine. That's why the church does its teaching and preaching over the centuries, that we would develop personally in us doctrine. Uh, hopefully, uh, sermons are all about doctrine and that we can apply them to our lives. So your second fill in the blank is, doctrine simply means a teaching to live by. 
So we, uh, doctrine simply means a teaching to live by. So we gather and we use scriptures in order to teach and instruct ourselves. Yes, you teach yourself and others on various topics. Like what is salvation? What are the end times all about? Um, how do I live a victorious life over sin? How do I obtain healing? How do I live as a man or woman of God? Many, many other topics as well. In fact, the handout I, I gave last week at church talked about that. All these different topics, we have a doctrine that we can develop on each and every one of them, and they're just examples. So we start with a topic, then we gather and use the scriptures as a guide to understand the topic, and as a rule of life to live by. So we gather scripture as led by Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit will lead us through the word of God. That's how he leads us through the word and agreement with and in harmony with the whole context of the word of God. Again, we need to know this, why we believe what we believe so that we could live by it. So there's many topics um, that you won't find clearly written in the word of God, like the handout I gave you last week. A lot of them you're not going to find here in uh, scripture and verse. So we need to use the word of God in principle to guide us in our doctrine. I said it before, worth saying again, uh, often people ask the wrong question. Show me where it says that in the word of God. Not a good question to ask because a lot of things you believe you're not going to find in black and white, but you will find it in principle. Therefore, a better question to ask is, is this or that opposed to what the Word of God teaches? Better topic. Because when we use the Word of God in principle to develop the doctrine we believe in. Our Bible school is a really a massive survey course from Genesis to Revelation. And we also have another course added in our Bible school called Theology. Uh, theology means the study of God. Uh, but in theology, that's where we establish and study and establish doctrine for our lives and for our church. So that's why that's part of a Bible school study, because we're going to do something with the Word of God. And one thing we're going to do is develop doctrine. Whether you realize it or not, you're doing it. So people become members of the Church of Grace and Peace, for example. They're given paperwork, a little packet. And that packet is called the Tenets of Faith. That is the major things this church teaches and believes. Uh, what is the basic doctrine we believe in? If someone would be a member to a church, you better know what their basic doctrine is. Maybe you won't agree. Then you wouldn't want to be a member there. You need to be in agreement with the doctrine that they have. Uh, people often, I'm sure you have somewhere in your life, repeat it or do say the Apostles' Creed. Very popular in a lot of churches. Uh, what are they doing when they say the Apostles' Creed? They're reciting doctrine. They're reciting what it means to be a Christian. In other words, if I don't believe in this, I am not a Christian. Only God knows someone's heart, but the body of Christ has every right to say, if you don't agree with that, you're not a believer, and we're not going to treat you like one. Wow. One of our brothers here that's taught at our Bible school, Anthony Aquilino, he said one time, I never forgot it, he reads the Apostle Creed, it is what he believes, but more important to him, this is what he's willing to die for. I never forgot that because that is the right way to read and recite the Apostles' Creed. I'm willing to die for this. It doesn't have everything Christianity believes. I'm not willing to die for that. But what this says, I'm willing to die for. Wow, pretty heavy. A lot to consider there. So consider, the Bible shows us that there are false doctrine and true doctrine. 
Uh, or another way to say true doctrine is sound doctrine. So uh, true doctrine or sound doctrine will always agree with that orthodox apostles' creed. So in developing and pursuing doctrine, we are to pursue sound doctrine. So I want to give you now five advantages of having sound doctrine in your life. And this is your fill in the blank here. Number three, I think that's how they word it. I have a pre-copy. It says five advantages of having sound doctrine in your life. Number one, sound doctrine will help save us from theological food poisoning. Sound doctrine will help save us from theological food poisoning. Now, the word of God is spiritual food to us, but bad doctrine is spiritual poison to us. Uh, bad doctrine, believing you have to earn things from God. No, Jesus did it for me. I don't have to earn anything. I just am required to believe. Bad doctrine, people tell you you have to earn from the Lord. Work hard, or God is not pleased with you. That is not Christianity. Begging God in prayer. That's a bad teaching. That's bad doctrine. We actually stand in faith believing Him, not begging Him. Um, punishing yourself that you would find the favor of God. That's been popular through the centuries. That is not sound doctrine. That's bad doctrine. So we need to know the difference between the two, and those are just a few examples of false doctrine and sound doctrine. Uh, let's read some scriptures here. Let's see what the Word of God says to us. That says everything. And this is, I think, the New King James Version. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13. Paul says, Till I come, give attention to reading, that is reading of the scriptures, to exhortation, to doctrine. How about that? We are to give attention to what we believe, doctrine. Verse 16. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. How about that? That's personal doctrine. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. How about that? Who hears us? How about our children? Do they hear what you're saying? What are you saying to them? What will they hear? The doctrine that we have, we are to pass on to them. We say in our society, we pass on our values and beliefs. We pass on doctrine. That's the key. Second um, Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. Paul again. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. There it is again. But, will, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears. What's the newest thing to hear? They will heap up themselves teachers. And they will turn away their ears from the truth and be turned aside to fables, fiction. Uh, this has been a problem ever since the first century. Paul said it in the first century, uh, especially today. My gosh, the goofy things that are taught today, it's on steroids. It's outrageous. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, ooh, some will Depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. How about that? The evil one teaches doctrine, a set of rules to live your life by. And with all the false religion out there today, so, so very true. People turn away from the faith and are deceived. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. All right, number two here. We have here five advantages of having sound doctrine in your life. Number two, doctrine will help you grow in Christ. 
Doctrine will help you grow in Christ. Uh, also, a New King James Version, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. People out there will have deceitful plotting with the scriptures to take advantage of you. Um, give you a personal example. I've heard this more than once. I go to the Navajo Nation occasionally to speak and they have people coming through there who claim to be Christians. Navajos are real big on uh, uh, silver jewelry. And these people tell them, take your jewelry off, throw it in the offering plate. So and God will give you a Cadillac. They really say that. Well, that's as ridiculous as can be. And that is a cunning craftiness to steal from these people. And of course, they take their jewelry off and weeks later, there is no Cadillac. And they realize they got deceived. And you wonder why they don't trust anybody coming in speaking the word of God. Horrible, horrible. So there's trickery out there to put their hand in your pocket to take money from you. There's trickery out there that you would promote men, not the Lord. Um, and of course, to be a one affected like that, you're like a child with no reasoning, no discernment. We don't want to live like that. So sound doctrine will help us grow in Christ. Um, number three here. Doctrine will teach us the details of God's eternal plan. Doctrine will teach us the details of God's eternal plan. Always remember, God's plan for the ages should not be a mystery to us. He's revealed it to us in his written word. And as we study diligently the word of God and put uh, scriptures together in a logical, logical, systematic, theological order, we have doctrine that we learn about the, what the Lord calls the last days, the end times. And um, regarding God's eternal plan here, uh, Paul tells us, not just the eternal plan of God, but just in general. Paul tells us in Romans, in Corinthians, and Thessalonians, I would not have you ignorant. Isn't that something? I would not have you ignorant. What's he talking about? Developing sound doctrine. Peter, in 2 Peter says, Beloved, be not ignorant. There it is again. Why? That we would not have false doctrine. Because it's out there to deceive you. Um, how? Would we not be ignorant to study the word of God, producing sound doctrine? Number four here, doctrine will help us be edified and built up spiritually. And we read the scripture from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, be approved, not be ashamed. Only through learning the sound doctrine of God's word can this be done. Uh, number five here. Doctrine helps us, I'm sorry, try that again. Doctrine helps equip us to be his representatives. Doctrine helps, equips us, helps equips, maybe helps equip us to be his representatives. Did you know that? Second Timothy chapter three, verse 16, Paul again. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. How about that? For reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness. Profitable for doctrine. Why do you read your Bible? It's profitable for doctrine. Why do you study your Bible? Profitable for doctrine. So whether we minister saint to sinner or saint to saint, the doctrine we present comes from the word of God. And we've learned 
This means everything. Without God's word, we have no foundation. So let's keep this in mind. Why is worldview and doctrine uh, so important? Because I want to think like a Christian. Yes, I want to think like a Christian. That's why I should think like a Christian. But why do I want to think like a Christian? That I would love others better. Paul points out to us, without love, we're nothing. You can know all the sound doctrine there is in your life, write lots of books on it, sell lots of books on it, autograph lots of books on it, but without love, it profits you nothing. And it profits the kingdom of God, nothing. So we love in order to minister to others with a love for souls. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 and 19. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and had committed to us the word of reconciliation. That you realize that you, as a believer, are a minister of reconciliation. Yes, you could even have business cards printed. Hi, my name is so-and-so. I'm Willie Witness, and I am the, and I am the minister of reconciliation. You wouldn't be wrong. No one suggests you do it, but you wouldn't be wrong. You're a minister of reconciliation. And so how well uh, we handle the word of God will depend on how well we will have sound doctrine to speak with that we're meant to. So just a concluding statement here as we end here. Um, doctrine does not have to be a stodgy, boring pursuit. It's sad when churches have presented it that way. It should be something that we're conscious of because we want to think like a Christian so that we would love like a Christian. Be blessed. Thanks for tuning in and go love someone in Christ with sound doctrine.